Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Now I have to say that I'm, I'm actually really touched as a result of the reaction I had following last week's show. As you'll appreciate, I shared some quite personal experiences to help highlight my point. To reiterate, it was all about letting go and that in growing we have to, in fact, we must leave some things, and unfortunately, sometimes, some people behind. I was not seeking sympathy or anything like that, although I was deliberately sharing a very human story from a very human property investor. And I realised that uh, some may have found it a little bit of a tough listen, so apologies if that was you, but equally, I did want to be real at the same time and share some of the evolution that I have had in my own life and, uh, and journey as a property investor. However, I did promise you more tangible property content <laughs> and what could be more appropriate than sharing some of my property activities over the past few months than I wonder. So today is part two in my Diary of a Property Investor update. So let's get right onto that now with Property Chatter. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Now, I noticed that the last time I shared an update of of what I'd been up to was was around about three months ago. And so I thought I'd repeat the exercise again for you this week. Now, today is all about what I've been up to since my last update in early July, when I first shared what I called the Diary of a Property Investor. And if you want to hear what I got up to last time around, then check out the Diary of a Property Investor episode released on the 1st of July this year. Now, as I mentioned last time, I'm probably not your typical property investor in some respects. I get to choose how I spend my time. I can be based almost anywhere. And my interests in property extend into other business areas beyond just renting out property and dealing with tenants. Now, last time around, just to remind myself and also you, um, this is what was occupying most of my time and focus over that first three months. Landlord accreditation, an HMO project I was involved in, some training and mentoring, investor joint venture opportunities, and some good old tenant issues. So um, <laughs> that was last time out. So, so what's happened in, in the last you know three months then? Um, some some same and some different. I think is the is the headline. So here are the headlines of the last uh, last couple of months. So I've been uh, I've appeared as a guest on some property podcasts, some other property podcasts. I've uh, launched uh, I Kickstart training program in conjunction with Damien Fogg. I hosted and indeed um, ran. An international property event. I had some last time out. I had some tenant issues. Well, this time out, I've had some agent issues, and that's led on to a decision to partially self-manage. I've got more investor joint ventures to talk about, and indeed, I even found time for a new lease option deal. Amongst all that too. So let's go through those a little bit more detail in turn, starting with being a guest on some other property podcasts. 
Now, over the past couple of months, I was invited to participate on, on a couple of other property podcasts. So my, my good friend, obviously, Damien Fogg, at the, uh, who co-hosts with Anna Harper at The Property Investor, they decided to invite me on to have a, a discussion about learning and development. They know that's a passion of mine, and I think they were quite keen to get my insights, along obviously with their own. And that's quite a, that was quite a good episode, I have to say. And in fact, Damien surprised me with his book list, his reading list. So it's well, well worth listening just for the postscript of getting uh, Damien's favorite books. Uh, so check out that particular episode. And this was followed by an appearance on um, what is a recently launched podcast called Real World Real Estate. And that's with the delightful Kemi Egan, whose story, by the way, just look up her story. Her story of how she got involved in property investing is just a magical one. So um, it was a great pleasure to uh, to support Kemi and her new podcast. Uh, the only thing is my uh, my recording, certainly the time that I'm recording this today, hasn't gone live at this year. I know she, uh, at this stage, sorry, I know that she block uh, books some of the uh, interviews and uh, and they'll be released over a period of time. So yes, mine hasn't gone live. I hope it will do. <laughs> Certainly after plugging her uh, podcast on my own podcast, I hope it will do. But I think that's something to look out for as well. And uh, we had a good old chinwag actually, probably a lot about reading and books. That would seem to be a common theme, in fact. So that was the, the podcast appearances. I think probably one of the most exciting things that uh, I've been involved in. I think this is a year of firsts, actually. This this particular year, 2015, uh, I launched my first book. I launched this podcast, you know, for the first time, and indeed now a, a first, a new training program, a property training program called I Kickstart. And um, so, as I say, <laughs> continuing the theme of firsts, uh, I Kickstart is a, a brand new property training program for property investors, and it uh, it had a soft launch in September. And it comes courtesy of yours truly, and indeed my co-trainer Damien Fogg. I Kickstart is a uh, is a thirty day fast track program covering the foundations of property investment uh, in what we like to call the real world of property investment. So it co- it covers topics such as goals and strategy, the property uh, property definitions and life cycles, finding new deals and and key criteria, teams, networking and communities, the fundamentals of property financing running the numbers so you can understand what what separates a good deal from a bad deal and indeed ongoing personal development. So it's 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 very foundational and it's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of great feedback actually from the participants. Some of them have actually got several properties so it's not just aimed at uh, or it's not just beneficial in fact for you know brand new or early stage investors. Some of these uh, investors have got half a dozen properties. Um, but as a result of the feedback we've had, and of course we've uh, taken the opportunity to learn and reshape things, we are planning to run another course, another course soon. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, uh, drop me a line, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and we can have a chat about it. So the next area really that uh, I found fascinating and really interesting was an international property event in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Yes, you did hear that correctly, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. And that was in August. And uh, I not only attended, but I hosted two events on the same day in Rio de Janeiro. In fact, it was uh, a hotel on uh, on the beachfront, Copacabana. So rooftop terrace, Copacabana Beach. You're probably getting the picture. Uh, the first event of the day was aimed at uh, overseas investors looking to collaborate and invest into the UK property market. 
So that's taking people based in Brazil, whether they're you know Brazilians or foreign nationals, and looking at uh, supporting their efforts investing into the UK market. And the second event was was more of a general networking event. It was aimed at bringing people together with an interest in real estate property generally. So it didn't have to have an international perspective. It wasn't all about investors. There were there were um, agents, there were service providers, or a whole bunch of people in in the room on that uh, second event. And I have to say, the events were a lot of fun, and they also allowed me to observe some of the more cultural differences between the UK and Brazil firsthand. <laughs> but as a result of, of this experience, I've, uh, I've made new friends, uh, contacts, and indeed potential business partners. So I have to say, it was a very worthwhile experience to undertake. And, the, uh, and by the way, the Caipirinhas weren't too bad either. <laughs> So less of the fun stuff. The you know there has to be you know a few challenges, doesn't there? Really, and uh, indeed there were. And um, the next area is all about agent issues, and that led on to a decision to partly self-manage. Uh, you know, at least uh, at least a single property, and, and, and indeed maybe some other ones as well. But uh, and if my last update three months ago was characterised by tenant issues, then in the past few months has probably been characterized by agent issues, unfortunately. In fact, specifically HMO management issues. So uh, I have some, some good letting agents who are looking after my single lets, and I, I don't seem to have too many problems in that respect, but I, I did seem to have a bunch of issues with this uh, HMO uh, managing agent, unfortunately. In fact, I'm building up quite a story with this particular agent. Um, I'll probably share the full story with you at a later stage. However, just, just for now, just to whet your appetite, as it were, in the build-up to deciding to take back the management of my own uh, HMO property, um, I have, um, well, the agent managed to get through this little lot, this little list in the last few months. Um, things like high tenant turnover and, uh, and extended void periods, which of course is quite painful and costly. Charges for services that had not taken place. Um, no less than 30 bags of maggot infested rubbish accumulated at the front of the property. Uh, not responding to a single emergency call to the emergency phone number or email address. And that includes what I would call fairly, you know, decent emergency uh, claims of decent emergencies, uh, such as uh, a fire, um, a ceiling collapse and no heating or hot water. So, I, you know, I was kind of dumbfounded, actually, by, by some of this. There are a number of faults that were left unresolved for long periods of time following tenants reporting them. Uh, leaving a tenant's deposit unprotected and when the tenant actually queried because they got a notification through when the tenant queried with why this was the case with them they said oh we thought you'd left <laughs> oh dear <laughs> and then there was a room checkout that somehow found no faults when in fact the microwave wasn't working and a leg was missing from the wardrobe so <laughs> uh, it's kind of incredible really and I guess the uh, the sort of final points were relating to uh, them consenting to commercial terms um, on my behalf, but without my consent, and some poor communication generally both with me, but also internally amongst themselves and indeed externally with contractors. So it sounds like I'm sort of having a pop at agents here, and I am a little bit conscious that if you are an agent and you're listening to this, you might be thinking, oh, there goes another landlord whinging and moaning. But I, I, I think I've only changed agent once, 
Um, and that was a, a fairly incompetent one who's subsequently uh, been uh, gone bankrupt and has been, sh uh, sorry, struck off from company's house. So, you know, there's probably, you know, good reason in that particular case. And, and hopefully that little list I've just shared with you would give you some insight that, you know, perhaps my tolerance was uh, was worn a bit thin here. Uh, so I don't think I'm one of these sort of moaning mini types of landlords. Um, I did try and work with them and uh, and try and put protocols in place and, and, and set expectations and communicate and all of these good things. But uh, sadly, it wasn't really improving. So, yep, if you're an agent, I'm not bashing agents. I am bashing this particular one, though, uh, without without any sort of hesitation. But, you know, the long and short of it is I hadn't really intended to take back the management of this particular property. However, events led me to, re, you know, try and regain control and order before it got totally out of hand. As, an, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I, I now intend to partially self-manage the property. Um, I've appointed a lead tenant to be my eyes and ears on the inside of the property. But, it's, um, you know, after some uh, some... Uh, advice actually I won't just communicate with them I will communicate with all of the tenants but I will have a lead tenant who's uh, who's going to be acting as a first port of call I've got my trusted advisor acting as first level support for maintenance issues I'm going to use uh, local uh, tradespeople to uh, go in and uh, support on on the on the maintenance under the, the the watchful eye of my trusted advisor, and I'm going to use local agents as a, for a tenant find service as well. So to you know break lighten the load as it were, in that sense. So so for me, I uh, I plan to beef up my systems and operations to make sure I stay on top of things going forward. And I guess it's been it's been a bit of a tough ride, I have to say, with this particular agent, in all honesty. However, like all things, I see it as an opportunity to grow and develop my business into a new area of uh, of systemized, insourced outsourcing, <laughs> as I'm rather catchily terming it now. Probably doesn't make any sense that, but you know, that's just what I'm going to call it for the moment. But I'll keep you posted as to my progress, but wish me luck. Next up, well, um, you know, there were some more joint ventures. Now, I'm happy to say that uh, I've started working with a select few. And it is a select few. It's not like uh, an, an industrial scale we're talking about here. Uh, but a select few, excuse me, shadow or mentored investors. And some of these are new or fairly early stage investors. And they're looking to learn as they go by working with more experienced investment partners. Whilst others are more hands-off investors such as those living or working overseas, for example. And it's an exciting area of development for me too, as it enables me to increase my deal flow personally, or my deal velocity, as I like to call it. If you've ever heard me speak about that, I talk about deal velocity quite a lot. So partnerships is a good way to go to increase the deal flow or deal velocity. Now, would you believe, among all that, I even managed to get another deal done. So <laughs> um, I did a lease option deal in the last few months, and um, it was up in the northwest, northwest of England, that is. And there was a, a couple, a, a new couple, who had a property surplus to requirements having moved in together. That can be the case. Um, however, they, they neither wanted to become landlords, and but nor did they want to realise a negative equity position on, on the property that they bought at the top of the market in 2007. And that particular area hasn't seen a full recovery in pricing uh, back to the 2007 peak. So this provided the opportunity for a lease option deal, a solution, if you like, that suits both parties. 
Now I, I get to rent or lease the property from them for seven years and then I have the option to purchase it at the 2007 figure. So this allows a full 15 years for the price to recover from the top of the market high all the way back up again if you like. However the best part of the deal is I will get to generate a net cash flow and I stress that a net cash flow of around about £620 per month by converting the property uh, converting the property rather into a small HMO. So this is a property that I control that, but do not own. Now there's lots of things to consider with a lease option including ensuring the, the vendor is legally represented with a, a fully binding agreement that all the necessary permissions are in place with the lenders and the insurers and that sort of thing and that the numbers stack up under scrutiny including some significant stress testing. So my, my cash outlay in this particular transaction is going to be at most £10,000 and that includes a sourcing fee um, and some uh, and some minor works, refurbishment works and some repair works that need to be, need to be undertaken. And uh, all in all, the full investment of £10,000 will be paid back within 16 months. So I can tell you, I would do plenty of deals like this one, I have to say, uh, with a fair degree of confidence. So if you've got any more, um, let me know. I'd probably be interested in talking to you. So there you go. The, uh, the latest update from the diary of a property investor over the past three months at least. And as always, there's some highs and some lows. Some I wish I didn't have to issues and some I wish everything was like this ones too. And if you didn't get it last time, life as a property investor can be a little bit of a roller coaster. However, as the old adage goes, nothing worth having ever comes easy. And I see all of these events and experiences, whether good, bad or indifferent, as a part of the rich tapestry that makes property investing so interesting, challenging and fun to be involved with too. Now I hope you enjoyed the share this week. I, uh, I hope to share another update in the Diary of a Property Investor, perhaps in another three months or so, providing I have some interesting or at least eventful things to share with you, of course. And given what's happened in the past six months, uh, I don't think I'll be short of a thing or two to share. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have, I have seriously been busy recording a couple of interviews with some subject matter experts to support Series 2. And that should be ready to release either next week or the week after at the latest. So there really isn't that long at all now to wait. But as always, you know, if you want to talk to me about anything in today's show, please email me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. Alternatively, you can post in the, in the podcast, sorry, not the podcast, the Property Voice uh, Facebook group, if I can get my teeth in order, or check out the show notes at thepropertyvoice.net. But all that remains now is for me to say thanks very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.